Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, going solo post-game here, and boy, boy, oh boy, uh, 45 to seven Patriots over Browns. Browns now sit at five and five, 10 games through. And this was a beatdown, uh, the second beatdown of the season so far. And with these games, it almost doesn't make sense to focus on some of the nitty gritty stuff just because it was so bad. And it was so bad. This game was 45 to seven, but I thought it was worse than the Cardinals game. They just got thoroughly outplayed in every sense. And I thought this is going to be a, a potential turning point for the Brown season, but instead it was not. And Jake Trotter put the stat up before the game that, you know, there was a huge difference in whether or not, you know, the Browns were going to make the playoffs based on, you know, if, if they won this game, because you think about the tiebreakers, the fact that the Patriots are a team they're competing with all that stuff. And they came out and laid a total egg. As far as kind of the the overall takeaway, I started, you know, thinking about these last couple of weeks because, as I said, I don't, I didn't want to jump into like the the micro stuff right away. I was like, okay, what was the overall takeaway here? Blowout loss, you know. And then I was like, okay, well, last week the Browns crushed the Bengals. A couple of weeks before that. You know, they're getting blown out by the Cardinals. I mean, just these wild swings. Yes, we see games in the NFL that are unexpected results. It's not just the Browns, right? It's the Jaguars beating the Bills. It's, you know, all all these things happen. But not, you know, in, in these wild swings for a singular team. You know, the Bills... Yes, they lose a bad game. What do they do? They come back the next week. They stomp the Jets, right? Because they're a good team. Great teams are consistent, and I'm not really sure how many great teams we have in the NFL this year, but good teams are pretty consistent. This Browns team isn't consistent at all, at all. It's really weird. So, I I mean, I think, number one, that says, well, maybe they're not that good of a team. But, you know, this is really beyond a a normal level of inconsistency. And so that's, that's where I started. I was like, okay. This team's been really, really inconsistent. I feel like I'm having trouble putting my finger on them. You know, every week I feel like I'm coming in and, and saying one thing, and then the next week that doesn't hold true. And and, and then, the you know, this, and then, and then no. It's a lot of that, it feels like, in my seat right now. So I'm just trying to think, you know, why are they so inconsistent? And I think I settled on this. This team is just not versatile. They are not versatile. They play one way. If it works based on the matchups of the game, they do pretty well. In fact, they do very well. They execute what they do very well. But if it doesn't work, they don't have a counterpunch. They don't have a second move, a third move. And so it feels like a lot of times the Brown success is dictated based on the opponent. You know, how does the opponent match up? What's the opponent's game plan? All of this stuff, it feels like a lot of stuff is dictated by them and not us. So we're beholden to how they, you know, coach, how they play. And that results in a lot of inconsistency. It's that lack of versatility 
within the schemes, within the players, all that stuff that is hurting the Browns right now. And it's really, you know, on, on both sides of the football, I, I think, you know, you look at the offense and number one, I think, you know, you look at a quarterback who's a little bit limited, right? You know, it's a lot of the same stuff, play action boot, get Baker out of the pocket, you know, uh, intermediate routes to the tight ends, heavy personnel, which has always been Kevin Stefanski's background, you know, run first approach, that kind of stuff. And when it works, it's awesome. They get the running game going, they get the play action going, they get the bootlegs, they get Baker on the roll. He can hit some deeper, you know, passes and you see the offense roll, but when it gets out of rhythm, it feels like it just, it, they can't get it back on the tracks. They cannot get it back on the tracks. And yeah, I think that starts with Baker, but it's not just him. You know, I, I think in general, the OBJ situation has overshadowed the fact that the passing game as a whole has been limited by these receivers. I mean, the Browns receivers have been awful this year, guys. Terrible. And it wasn't just OBJ. I mean, these guys are not performing the way we thought they were. Where is Rashard Higgins? Donovan Peoples-Jones, we thought might be a breakout candidate after his performance last week. Done today. Nothing. Jarvis Landry has underperformed this season. I mean, across the board. I mean, David Njoku is the leading receiver on this team. And he's got like 300-something yards the entire season. This team is often led by its running backs in terms of, of passing yards. I mean, that just can't happen. Their receivers are just... They're not good enough right now. And I think, you know, you combine that with Baker's issues. And then I think, you know, the the third person you've got to mention here is Kevin Stefanski. When the fastball's not working, man, you got to come with the curveball. You got to come with the changeup. And today it felt like all of a sudden it was just like, oh, the running game's not working. Uh-oh, panic. What are we going to do? And they just started throwing the ball and drop back passing way that didn't work at all. They just totally abandoned the run game. I, I don't know. I didn't like it from him, but it's just all the Browns fans can picture the same, you know, group of plays. It's that, you know, the, the counter to one side in the running game, it, you know, the, where they get cutback lanes going up the middle of the field. And you saw that on the first drive, that, that nice cutback lane that these Browns can create in their zone running scheme. It's the play action boots off of that where, where Baker hits, you know, tight end in the middle of the field. It's the screen game, right? And a lot of that same stuff. And when it works, it flows together. But when it doesn't, they don't do anything else, at least not well. So that's the problem, I think, on the offensive side of the ball is just there's not a lot of versatility, particularly in the passing game. So if the running game is not there to complement it, it's kind of like, oh, well, we throw out a heavy personnel and, and that's what we do. So we're not running the football. We're down. Teams don't respect that anymore. Oh, all right. We're screwed. There's no plan B. So I don't know, but uh, that versatility or lack thereof was just killing me in this game. And then, and, and then the defensive side of football, man, I mean, it's the same stuff. It's the safeties. It's the, it's the linebackers exposed in space and here to me, it, it, the coach is to blame. The coach is to blame. And I know I didn't, you know, put all the blame on Stefanski. And I think that's because, you know, with my eyes, I see, you know, we've got 10 games of Baker Mayfield playing pretty limited. But here, I see the personnel. 
I refuse to believe the talent is not there. Miles Garrett is one of, if not the, I, and, and so far this year, the best defensive player in the league. They've got a bunch of other players that can play. And JOK was there today. Most of the guys were healthy today. I just refuse to believe the talent's not there. I also think that in general, there's more flexibility in a defense than there is in an offense. Because, hey, if your you know, defensive ends aren't great, you can blitz. If you've got weak linebackers, well, you can you know put corners on the field. You can do other things to cover those things up. In general, I feel like there's more personnel flexibility. There's more. You're not as dependent on one player like you are with an offense and a quarterback. And so to me, coaching takes precedent here where when you see a team just expose you like this, you got to turn to the coach. I mean, there's no adjustments there. And, and Joe Woods is a guy that, yeah, he plays a good scheme, but the history of success is not there in Cleveland. This is two years now of this. It's not good enough. And you've heard it in the post game. I thought it was very, very telling that Miles Garrett, you know, basically will didn't mince his words very much in saying that they didn't make adjustments. There was some comments that the same plays have been beating them over and over again. They don't deviate from their scheme and their scheme is not working. They are not executing it. Ultimately, I think that falls at the, at the feet of Joe Woods. Falls at the feet of Joe Woods. So, you know, they, they may give him the season. Frankly, I think if you make a, a defensive coaching change in season, it's not going to do a whole lot for this team, maybe a little, but this is not college football. I don't think teams, you know, adjust scheme wise in an insane amount during the season. You don't have time to experiment a ton. So yeah, maybe they make a change now. Maybe it's at the end of the season, but whenever it is, I think, I think that time has come for Joe Woods. All right. Let's talk about what actually happened in the game. Cause as I said, I want to just kind of start off you know, talking about the lack of versatility, but there was, an actual 45 to seven game here. And what happened, I think on the offensive side of the ball was, you know, once again, Baker Mayfield did not have a good game and, you know, you don't want to keep harping on it, but I mean, look at the stats, 11 for 21 for 73 yards, just an awful interception, you know, frankly, some other balls that could have been picked. He's only passed for 300 yards twice all season guys. Cause I was looking up, I was like, where does he rank? In terms of passing yards, he's 19th, first of all, but 300 yards twice all season. The Chiefs game, and we've seen what that Chiefs defense is, and the Chargers, and that's it. Oof. Oof. He's just been he's been slightly below average, but to me what's even worse than that is there's just in obvious passing situations, it's like, okay, do you feel confident that he's going to get the job done? And I feel like the answer is just no. The Browns were one for eleven on third down. They've consistently been one of the worst teams in the red or in the on third down all season. They've been bad in the red zone, and I just I don't have a lot of faith in Baker. When it's third and eight, when it's third and nine, I'm not saying he can't do it, but when you see third and eight and it's the Green Bay Packers, you expect Aaron Rodgers to pick that up, even if he doesn't always pick that up. Obviously, you know, the team stopped the Packers, but you see third and eight and you're like, okay, the Packers have a great chance here. You see third and eight with the Browns and you're kind of like, oh shit, Baker has to pass. There's no option to run. And that feeling uh, is, was there all day 
for me today. And I, I said this to some friends. I, I didn't have the heart to tweet it out after the first half, but it's been pretty disheartening to watch Baker get outplayed by other quarterbacks that are not the most elite guys. And he was thoroughly outplayed by Mac Jones today. Now, Mac Jones's stats weren't crazy. I think he only had, you know, 198 passing yards, but Jones made a bunch of tight window throws on third down, key situations in that first half, and he just kept delivering. And the reason he only had 198 yards was because they were dominating and then he didn't have to play. So it's just one of those things where it's just a lot of weeks. You know, the Browns' results are dictated off the quarterback. And yes, there's, of course, things that go into that. I'm not saying it's 100% Baker. Of course not. That'd be ridiculous. I just talked about how Kevin Stefanski needs to be better calling plays. I just talked about how the receivers aren't good enough. But the Browns don't have a quarterback eh, to pull them out of this stuff. And, and I, you know, it's Bucky Brooks, you know, former NFL scout who, who always says, you know, quarterbacks are tractors or they're trailers. They either pull the rest of the guys along with them, even when they're not as good, or they are being pulled by their roster. And it just feels like Baker Mayfield's a little bit of a trailer at, at this point. And now he's banged up. And now he's banged up. You know, the knee injury, obviously beyond the shoulder. Yes, he already was banged up. And, but now, you know, you've got the, the knee injury as well. He came out of that game. Who knows, uh, you know, what it looked like. It seems like, you know, that, that he could have gone in. It had he been called upon, you know, had the game not been out of hand. But that's just another thing that they have to, to deal with now. And you just you get the sense that. Not only do the fans not trust him, I don't trust him. It, it doesn't feel like the coaching staff trusts him. Now, I, I don't I haven't heard anything about this, and I, I still believe uh, that his teammates believe in, in Baker. But you have to wonder at some point if if they start to lose faith as well, what this team will look like. As I said, right now, I don't think that's the case. Yes, it was a really bad game, but you saw how his teammates responded to him last week. I think Baker's got all the intangibles there. And that's what makes this so hard. It's like, he's the guy from the intangible standpoint that the Browns have always wanted. He's a culture setter. He has, you know, he does great, you know, things on the field to inspire his teammates. He's got energy. It's just the play at times has not been good enough. And again, it's not just him. Stefanski gave up way, way, way too early on the run. I know it was 21-7, but that drive, I was just like, what are we doing? I mean, they just, they turned into a straight back, you know, straight drop back passing game. And that's not what Baker does well. His coach has got to help him out there. You know, I, I'm as big a Stefanski fan as anyone. I really am. Uh, and I, and I, Talked about him time and time again, how he's so good on, you know, all, all of these podcasts. But he didn't have a good game today. He was bad. He, uh, I think he, he definitely deserves, some, you know, some of the blame that's being thrown his way. I've defended him many times when I think that wasn't the case. But today, I didn't like the play calling. I hate to be a play calling guy, but it just felt like as a general theme, they gave up way too early on, on the run. The defense, God, oh. Where did it even begin? Um, you know, they got shelled, obviously, 45 points. I thought, you know, the concerns coming into the game were, are, are you know, are the Patriots tight ends going to be able to take advantage of the Browns linebackers and, and more importantly, their safeties? And, yeah, 
They did. They absolutely owned them. In fact, John Johnson was deplorable in coverage. Again, just awful. And I don't know what's going on with him. I really don't. I, I mean, yes, he was better as an in-the-box safety in the Rams. Maybe they should use him more there. But, like, he was a good coverage safety last season. He's been so bad this year at times. And I just – I don't get it. I don't have a, a better explanation for that. And then, once again, this defense can't get off the field on third down. It makes no sense. They've got an incredible defensive line. They get incredible pressure. They can't get off the field on third down. They, you know, the pass were seven for nine. And again, going back to this too, obviously we're focusing on the Browns right now, but part of this was the Patriots had a really good game plan and then they executed it really well. And I'll bring this back to the Browns in a second, but what you saw that, you know, the Patriots, they didn't just run like the screen kind of passes where like you totally let Miles Garrett through. They kind of did this thing where they half blocked him because Miles Garrett is used to seeing that screenplay. He's actually pretty good at recognizing it for the most part. That's why teams, you know, aren't that successful running screens at Miles Garrett, you know, despite his tendencies to get up the field. He usually recognizes it. But in this game, they would kind of half block him and then he didn't. And they made a bunch of, you know, the the same, you know, uh, you know, quarters beating plays over and over again. And it was a really good game plan. And the Browns didn't adjust to it at all. On top of that, the Browns couldn't get off the field on third down again, like they haven't been able to all season. Both of those things point back to the coach. Now, I will say this, Mac Jones played really well too. And I know this is a Browns podcast, but I was – skeptical of him you know uh, through the first five or six games i know he's been getting some national love but you know he's been pretty conservative he made some awesome throws today i mean the throw between two guys for the touchdown where, where troy hill and john johnson ran into each other the you know there was a throw down the sideline to jacoby myers where i thought craig newsom was in great coverage it was just a better throw and catch the the tight end pass to hunter henry on that corner out in the end zone i mean these were dimes from Mac Jones, but I thought what was frustrating from the defensive side of the football is it's okay. Yeah. Mac Jones played well, but you gave up 45 points because you didn't adjust. They, they came out and executed on the things that you would expect a good team to execute upon playing the Browns and a smart, well-coached team like Belichick, uh, you know, McDaniels, they had answers for what the Browns do well, but then again, the Browns had no counterpunch. Just no counterpunch to this whole thing. And that, I think that's the theme of the game is they got outcoached. The Patriots came with answers to what the Browns do well, and they had no counterpunch. Again, no versatility. And that was apparent on the macro level. You know, it has been all season, but man, in this game in particular, if the Patriots did the classic Bill Belichick, we're going to take away what you do best. And then the Browns didn't really have another answer on both sides of the football. So Absolute drubbing. Yeah, I don't. I don't really want to talk about it more than that. I don't know. It's Sunday night. I'm tired. This game was a bummer. Uh, I'm in a bad mood. So yeah, what now? Uh, you know, the the Browns are five and five. I still think. I mean, it's the same thing. They're they're like an edge of the, you know, playoffs kind of team. And I think what's frustrating is you know we watch these games because we're into it. I care. I love the team. I want them to be better than that. And I think that's just kind of what they are. So, 
you know, they lose this game. I still think they'll be in the hunt for the playoffs. I still think they can make it, but you know, they're running out of time for sure. And now, you know, every game becomes that much more crucial when you lose these close ones, but we'll see. Uh, you know, I think the injuries will be the, you know, a big storyline going into next week, you know, is Baker healthy and, you know, um, I've gone this far uh, without mentioning him and I should, and I should, it is Troy Hill too, you know, obviously prayers to him and his family, you know, a really, really scary scene there. You know, you obviously don't expect him to be playing for the Browns uh, anytime soon here with a neck injury like that, but it sounded like there was some positive news there, you know, nothing too, too, you know, life altering or anything like that, but scary scene there. So yeah, we'll see where the, you know, the Browns are at injury wise, you know, going into Detroit, and it should be a get right game, but you just saw the lines, you know, they're playing the Steelers where they got a tie. They don't give up. They've got tons of belief. And I think really ultimately the question is now how much belief do the Browns have in each other? How much are, you know, does the offense believe in Baker? How much does Kevin Stefanski believe in Baker? How much does the team believe in Kevin Stefanski? How much does the defense believe in Joe Woods? I think that's the biggest one because, they are going to play a team that is less talented than them. They are going to be at home. This is a game the Browns should win, but they are in a tough emotional spot right now. And I know that the Lions have faith as a team. They're seeing that tie as a positive, as a step in the right direction. So the Browns have to match that. They have to continue to have faith in each other. If they do, I think they will be six and five and we'll see where the team goes from there. But all right, that, that that's all I got uh, for this show. You know, Jordan's going to hop on with me tomorrow. We will preview the Lions game as well. More content to come on the feed, but this is a tough one, Browns fans. Uh, that's pretty much all I, I've got to say at this point. So, Browns are five and five, and, and you know, we'll still be here. We'll still be bringing you the content. Don't want to be too much of a downer because I do love this team, and uh, hopefully next Sunday I'll be in a better mood. Go Browns. <laughs>